1: In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Welcome back to another episode of That Kingdom Come on Spirit-Filled Radio. This is Katie Hughes, and I have a special guest here today, Father Charbel. He is a priest from St. Michael's Abbey in Silverado Canyon in California. And he uh, loves the topic we're going to talk about today. It's a great treat and blessing to have him share from his heart, um, the importance of divine mercy and divine mercy in our lives. And so welcome, Father Charbel.
0: Thank you very much. (laughs) Peace and blessings to all of you listening. Let us enter deeper into the sacred heart of Jesus during our time together. And so we have the privilege of speaking about our Lord's divine mercy. What is mercy? Mercy is basically having compassion on your neighbor. And Jesus showed us the greatest mercy by creating us, recreating us in His blood, in His life, suffering, death, and resurrection, by sending the Holy Spirit with His eternal Father on Pentecost and giving us His very life. So, divine mercy is essentially a devotion to the sacred heart of Jesus, which, as we know well, the heart is oftentimes a symbol of love, of mercy. And the image of Divine Mercy is so beautiful. We know that Jesus appeared to a Polish saint, St. Faustina Kowalska, and wanted an image painted with him touching his merciful heart and white and red rays coming out of his heart. His right hand is raised in blessing. His five wounds are visible. And the caption at the bottom is, Jesus, I trust in you. And we know Jesus has explained this image to St. Faustina. The white rays represent baptism, cleansing, washing away original sin, celebrating that sacrament that has given us Christian dignity, that has made us God's adopted children, that infuses us with all the virtues and the graces of the Holy Spirit and the life of Christ in seed form. So the white rays are rays of baptism, of washing, of cleansing. And we know Jesus said nobody pours new wine, into old wineskins the new wine in his blood as members of a new covenant we read the new testament we want to be a new man or a new woman we want to get ready for the new heavens and new earth to sing a new song and so the new wine is his blood we're represented in the picture with the red rays coming from his heart and that is the eucharist and we pray eternal father i offer you the body blood soul and divinity of your dearly beloved son our lord jesus christ in atonement for our sins and those of the whole world. And this beautiful divine mercy devotion has its greatest gift, I believe, on Divine Mercy Sunday, which is a Sunday after Easter, with a very special promise from Jesus Christ that he wants to give people a very special gift, and that is basically for those who go to mass on Divine Mercy Sunday, the Sunday after Easter, Worthy to receive Holy Communion. Venerate the image. That means looking at the image, loving it, praying before it, venerating it. And going to confession within three weeks before or after the Sunday of Divine Mercy. You can receive basically a total expiation of all of your sins. That means all of your sins that you're sorry for are forgiven. And the punishment due to sin. So it's basically like a second Baptism. And baptism is a reoccurring theme during this Easter octave, during Easter, putting on the new man, new woman, receiving the graces of the Paschal mystery and when we usually baptize people on the Easter vigil. And so this special grace is something he wants to give us from his heart. That is if you were to die after fulfilling and receiving the conditions and the promise of the Divine Mercy Son that you go right to heaven. You would Not have to go to purgatory because there's no punishment to your sins. Everything is washed clean. And so this is a treasure from the Sacred Heart for you and for me. So that is a great gift of mercy from the Most Holy Trinity through the Sacred Heart of Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, through His Church unto us. Wow, what a gift. Thank you, Jesus.
1: Thank you, Lord. That's such a beautiful... Expression of God's love, like we're so undeserving, Father. <laughs> and, yet, and yet He pours it out. He can't help Himself from the cross, just a continual blessing. And to even add on more, like He just keeps giving us more. And I don't know about you, Father, but these are the times of mercy. This is the time where we are alive here on earth. You know, once, once it's done, once we're dead in the ground, it's the judgment time. I know you, you've shared about that. Like, this is critical. And to let everyone know about this access, I mean, not only to new life and the resurrection and all the sacraments, this is just, a, it's like unbelievable gift. And it's almost unbelievable completely. How could he do this? How could he give us even more? The most wretched soul has access to this. And it's very humbling. <laughs> sure. So why is he doing this? Why? Why? I mean, this is such an amazing gift and grace.
0: Why is God doing this? Yeah. Great question. Because like you said, he loves us. He wants us to be with him in heaven. However, God does not force himself on people. He gives everybody free will, the option to accept him. Sin, in a sense, is the one thing that separates us from God. That's where we we use our free will. In order to sin, you have to desire, you have to will, it It has to be in your will, your power to love, your power to choose. So sin is what separates us. And we know mortal sin is mortally wounding to the soul. And we do not want to hear the words that Jesus spoke of Judas, the one who betrayed him with a kiss. When he says of Judas, perhaps the saddest words in the whole Bible, better for Judas to have never been born. Wow. However, on the contrary, as you said, now is a time of mercy. God is both just and he's merciful. How is that? Well, while we are alive on earth, it's a time of mercy, a time for us to apply these graces, the merits of Christ, to our life. When we die, it's a time of justice. That means we have to reap what we have sown. And he will measure us according to the measure we measure other people. As Jesus says, if you wish to be forgiven, you must forgive. If you wish to be shown mercy, you must be merciful. The measure you mete out to others will be the same measure meted out to you. And so, the more merciful we are, with our neighbor, with ourselves, God is more merciful to us. And so, yes, it's from an abundance that is divine. Love is divine mercy flowing from His sacred heart to us. But we have to accept it. We have to ask, seek, and knock. And so he respects our free will. So for us not to take advantage of it is uh, today during Holy Mass, I have quoted one of our priests, Father Sebastian, an Albertine priest, a good confrere of mine, and we entered the Abbey together. Sometimes he'll say, instead of Holy Communion, what if the priest gave out $100 bills? How many people would come to Mass? Or twice a day? Or three times a day? How much more is the Eucharist more important than thousands of dollars? It is the body, blood, soul, and divinity of our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus is the Eucharist. Eucharist is Jesus. So it's out of his abundance of mercy and love. He wants to be with us forever in heaven, but we have to accept his salvation. We have to accept Jesus Christ, apply his love and merits and mercy to our life, and imitate him. And this way, we will be truly happy forever and ever amen hallelujah (laughs)
1: hallelujah I get this sense of like St. John the Baptist like out in the desert crying out and and, and instead of it like guess behold the king behold the one the messiah he's saying behold divine mercy and and you and Father Sherbell, you just you're you have that spirit of St. John the Baptist. And <laughs> here we are recording in the parish of St. John the Baptist. So we says the Lord to bless that. Um in the scriptures, like Jesus showed a lot of mercy throughout the gospel. Is there like one particular or a couple themes that you would like to share, Father, about sure, this?
0: Sure. Out of all the variables, perhaps the most touching one is from Luke chapter 15. The parable of the prodigal son. The father had two sons, younger and older. And we know the younger son asked for his inheritance. He says, Dad, you're dead to me. Give me my money, my inheritance. Now, the father gives it to him. So similarly, parents, even though their children are going astray, they should exercise that mercy to their children by giving them what they need to survive, not cutting them off. Because in the parable of the prodigal son, the eternal father does not say, you arrogant, entitled Son of mine, no, I'm not going to give you your money because what you're doing is wrong. No, he lets him go because ultimately mercy rules. So the younger son goes, We know, he spends his money in dissolute, impure living. There's a famine. He wants to even eat what the pigs are eating, but he can't. Shows you how far he fell. A Jewish boy feeding pigs. That's not kosher. So we know the beautiful story. He goes back to his dad and says, I know what I'll do. I'll say, Father, I have sinned against you in heaven and earth. I have offended you. Treat me as one of your hired servants. I'm not worthy to be called your son. He's going to say three things. He goes before his dad. His dad won't let him say the third thing. Treat me as a hired servant. But he interrupts him. Immediately he says, put sandals on his feet, clothe him in a robe, put a ring on his finger, kill the fatted calf. My son was dead. has come back to life. You are not a hired servant. You are my son. My dear friends, my brothers and sisters, You are a beloved son. You are a beloved daughter of Jesus Christ. You have Christian dignity. Your soul means more to God than the entire created universe than all the planets he created because your soul live forever, but all that he created will pass away. So your soul is of infinite value to God. And so he's doing this to save us. He wants us to receive and communicate his divine mercy. Wow.
1: Wow, it's um, it's <laughs> wonderful that up father <laughs> because um, so many people are out there and they're they have lost hope in their children, in themselves, and they're looking inward. And the key is that can lead into depression that can lead into oppression that can lead into addictions that can lead to lead into idolatry your own self you become your own god you decide your future you decide that you're damned or whatever it is that you're not worthy and as a christian you have been adopted like you said we are his children we are his beloved and despite what we have done There's always a chance to come back. There's always this open arm. And we have this whole treasury of heaven. The whole kingdom of God belongs to us. And that's, I think, about the son, the good son, the one that stood by the father and was complaining and groaning and had no clue that he had access to everything of his father's and he was living in poverty. And how we can do that, living out the sacraments and still be impoverished and There's just so much hope with um, with the prodigal son, and, and we've both we've probably all been in both areas. Like,
0: That's right. And you mentioned the older son. Well, he was always treating his father more as a master, not a father, mm. because we know he asks what's going on. He asks a servant. He doesn't ask his dad, number one. Number two, he says, you know, your son has done this, spent your money, and then... He refuses to go in. And the key, I think, of the parable is when the father says, everything I have is yours. And he's begging with his older son is to come in and to rejoice. But he won't. And how many times have we failed to rejoice in the mercies, in the treasure, and the gifts that God has given us? Even in the things that he doesn't give us, we should rejoice because we might lose our salvation. And that is key because uh, we have to glorify his will, accept whatever happens each day coming from a loving hand, and be grateful for the things we have and we do not have, then he'll give us more, like Our Lady. Nobody loved God, not even all the angels and saints combined, and everybody's ever lived, combined, loves God more than Mary, because she's perfect. As she said, Our Lady Guadalupe, she said, "'No, for certain, at least of my son,' Saint Diego, "'I am the perfect and perpetual Virgin Mary, "'mother of a true God, and everything lives. "'It is my earnest wish that a temple "'be built here in my honor.'" So she is perfect without sin. She can see without sin. She is a perpetual virgin. She is the mother of God. She is assumed into heaven. And she is the mediator of all graces and blessings. All graces flow through her into the church and to the world. Just as Christ came into the world through Mary, we go the same way he came into the world through Mary. We go perfectly to Christ. She is the shortest, perfect, and the best way to her son. Woman, behold your son, he said from the cross. How can a Christian without a mother, fully worship God perfectly. Impossible. Because like you said, he gives an abundance. He gives us his church, his mother, the scriptures, his forgiveness, his mercy. He gives us the angels and the saints. He gives us the sacraments. He gives us a beautiful tradition. He gives the magisterium, all these devotions. The devotion, the chapel of divine mercy, the holy rosary, the chapel of the holy face, the rosary of the holy wounds, devotion to his shoulder, the way of the cross, And Eucharistic Adoration, the list goes on and on and on.
1: (laughs) That is our inheritance. And it's impossible for us, like with all of this access, free will, of course, included. There's no way we can fail. He has given us everything, right. everything possible to get us there. Because like you said earlier, everything will fall away, but the soul remains and he cares about us. And That's right. Amen. And he loves us. And I I love the beauty that you were talking about. Through Mary came Jesus and the church, like just in the Pentecost. And, and this is this birthing. It's like this continual birthing. And her love is amazing. It's you know, the way that you just spoke about it. How can we ignore her?
0: One of, our, <laughs> one of our, nobody has loved God. Nobody loves God. Yes. The way Mary does, she's, perfect. she's never offended God. So we have a great gift right there. And she at the foot of the cross said, yes, behold your son. Woman, behold your son. She said yes to the Archangel Gabriel, right? About conceiving and giving birth to the Messiah. Her yes. Thank God, one of our own. Our mother made it. To a level so high. she's she's reached such a beautiful, noble level of God's love and grace. It's incomparable. So we have a great treasure in her. And that's why I'm here, right? Because our lady allowed me to love her son. She taught me how to pray. She called me out of my own selfish, egotistical behavior about wanting to be a dentist, about wanting to have a big family, about wanting to make money, about wanting to serve and just have a good life. That's all good, but nothing compared to loving her son according to God's will. Everybody is in God's plan. He has a plan for you, and another element of mercy that people forget is Jesus has assigned the power to drive out demons as an act of mercy. He gave it primarily to his bishops and priests, which have care over the whole flock. They can do minor exorcisms, and if they have the permission of a bishop, using the solemn rite of exorcism, they can drive and cast out demons. Now, that's for the ordained clergy in a special way which pertains to everybody. They have authority over everybody by their ordination. However, you, even a layperson, you have authority over your own body. You have the power to exercise mercy by using, as Jesus says, in my name you will cast out demons. So since you have authority over your own body, and parents over their children. You can use that authority to cast out evil from yourself or your children by a simple prayer. In the name of Jesus, I bind and cast out any evil spirits that are afflicting myself. Any evil spirits of sloth, envy, anger, lust, gluttony, avarice, of pride, negativity, sadness, discouragement, fear, anxiety any spirits of unforgiveness or rage or impurity or pornography or perversion, any spirits of alcoholism, drug use or lack of forgiveness. And I command these spirits to go to Jesus and marry without retaliating, with no retribution, and I ask the Holy Spirit to come upon me. And that is St. Michael prayer. So you have that authority to do that prayer in the name of Jesus over yourself and your sphere influence, that is your children, your finances, your household, etc. And so if you want more information, I'm gonna make a plug here. You can join me on June 3rd at 7 p.m. at St. Edward the Confessor Catholic Church in Dana Point for a healing mass at 7 PM. I'm gonna offer a regular mass with the intention of God's mercy and healing, and at the end the option of laying hands and being blessed with blessed oil. And deliverance prayers being prayed as we say in the seventh and last petition of the Our Father, deliver us from evil, amen. At Mass we continue, deliver us, Lord, from every evil, graciously grant peace in our day. And so we need that act of mercy, which he has assigned to his church to drive out demons and to invite the Holy Spirit. I want to emphasize that because that is also a, an attribute of God's mercy, driving out evil from us.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's, that's healing, like Jesus... His ministry is so beautiful, and it's amazing. He shared the Father's heart. He shared the Father's love. He spoke the truth. He spoke the gospel. And then he demonstrated it. He showed us how much the Father loved them using him. And he went to the Father for everything because he was he was like a slave, right? So he, right. he laid down his powers, right. his glory, put them, and then he— assumed a life like us as true God and true man there's some mystical things there I'm sure I'm missing but that's the point and he went to the father and said I just I think about how he loved Lazarus he loved his friend and it showed us because he wept right. and then he waited you're like, why is he waiting to go? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> why is he waiting? Right. And then he gets there and it's like, and he's dead, but it was so that he could show, reveal, he could reveal who he is, the resurrection, right? I, right. I, don't know, you have, I know you know lots more, well, but. it's
0: beautiful. Three times in the Gospels, we hear the Father's voice. The God, the Eternal Father, our Almighty Father speaks. He speaks at the baptism of Jesus. This is my beloved Son. In whom I'm well pleased. Then in the transfiguration, when he takes Peter, James, and John, the sixth day behind him, he's transfigured before them, in his face he comes the white. They appear to him, Moses and Elijah, and you hear the Father's voice. Peter interrupts Peter is interrupted, right? Let us build three booths, one for you and Moses and Elijah. This is my beloved son, in whom I pleased. listen to him. Then in John chapter twelve, we hear this beautiful dialogue where Jesus says, Father, glorify me as I had the glory before creation. And the Father's voice is heard, I will glorify it. So Jesus, yes, Jesus is being pointed to. John the Baptist points to Jesus. Behold the Lamb of God. Mary points to Jesus. Listen to him. Do whatever he tells you, right? And so we have all these people pointing to Jesus. Moses and Elijah, the scriptures, right? The Messiah, over 300 prophecies referring to Jesus. But then Christ teaches us to pray the Our Father, To go to our Heavenly Father. When you pray, close the door. Speak to your Heavenly Father in secret. Do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing and say, Our Father. So all worship is directed to God the Father. Jesus, because his two natures, is our brother and friend in his human nature. Son of Mary, Son of Man, Son of David. And he's also the Son of God in his divine nature. Truly God, truly man. So he has a very unique role as the bridge between heaven and earth. So in his two natures, but one divine person, Christ takes us into his humanity. Like St. Teresa Avila says, a doctor of prayer, we never leave the humanity of Christ. We always venerate his body, blood, soul, right? We venerate his sacred humanity. We venerate his wounds. Every aspect of Christ's humanity is united to his divinity. So therefore, his, his humanity takes us into his divinity. That's why he's called the sovereign pontiff, the pontifex, the bridge between heaven and earth. And he is our brother and friend as man, as a son of David, as a son of Mary. And he is our beloved Lord and master and savior, redeemer. He is a son of God. And he comes to send the Holy Spirit with his father. It's very Trinitarian. We cannot forget that Christ came to reveal to us the father and to send the Holy Spirit with his father. As we hear in Galatians, the fullness of the Godhead is in bodily form Jesus Christ! Wow, this is mercy. This is truth. This is life.
1: Wow! <laughs> all you can do is be joyful with all of that. It, it is unfathomable love. It's in that divine mercy, in the divine mercy prayers, and and Holy God, Holy Mighty One, Holy Immortal One, have mercy on us, on the whole world, and He does it.
0: Yes, and as mercy, He says, when you pray that. When you pray when you pray this prayer, a blood and water which gush forth from the heart of Jesus, a fountain of mercy for us, I trust in you. When you pray that, the grace of conversion is given to one soul. Every time you pray that, according to the divine mercy in my soul, St. Faustina's diary. So, O blood and water which gush forth from the heart of Jesus, as a fountain of mercy for us, I trust in you. So pray that continuously, and the grace of conversion will be given. Wow. He also says he pray the chaplet of divine mercy in the presence of a dying soul. He will act not as just judge, but as merciful redeemer between his heavenly father and a dying soul. So pray the chaplet unceasingly, Jesus says. Pray the chaplet of divine mercy. Pray it especially in the presence of the sick and the suffering and dying. If you can, he says at three o'clock every day, if you can, immerse yourself in my mercy. Whatever you ask will be given to you if it's united with my Father's will, and my passion, my suffering. If you're able, do the Stations of the Cross. If you're able at three o'clock, pray the Chaplet of Divine Mercy. Pray it without ceasing. Let your whole life be a Chaplet of Divine Mercy rising up to heaven. Go big, receive <laughs> His mercy, and you will not be let down.
1: Amen. Father, you have such a big heart for for this feast, for this who God is, this merciful God. How did that kind of arise? Is it just... Have you always known about Divine Mercy?
0: Um, great question. No, part of it was reading St. Faustina's diary. Part of it is just at 3 o'clock trying to pray the Chaplet, trying to immerse myself. But remember, the, the devotion to Divine Mercy is the devotion of the Sacred Heart. It is that beautiful wound, St. Bernard says, the greatest wound of our Lord is his heart. The five visible wounds... Mm-hmm are visible wounds of his greatest wound, which is his heart. My soul is sorrowful even unto death. And so I believe that uh, reading St. Faustina's diary, Divine Mercy of My Soul, Mm -hmm. and going to Krakow, Poland on a pilgrimage, greatly helped me. But also being there on the vigil of Divine Mercy Sunday, the night John Paul died. I was outside the Vatican there with many people. He who instituted this feast, in April of 2000 this feast the sunday after Easter of divine mercy he died that saturday night before the feast of divine mercy in rome 2005 when i had the privilege to be there so that was a great grace for me
1: definitely that's a, how supernatural is our god like and, to uh, and i everyone there received something it, it just to be there to be willing to be there coming from wherever they were. Were you a seminarian at that time? That's right. I was
0: seminarian as a Norbertine. We were studying in Rome at the Angelicum, doing Uh our theology there. I was actually in Spain visiting our Norbertine sisters in Zamora, near Salamanca, Spain, with Father Sebastian and Andrew. Mm -hmm. We were all seminarians. Father Sebastian was a deacon. And then we already had plans to go back to Rome, and that's when John Paul got sick. Mm. Over a million Polish people went to Rome. You couldn't get a flight, but I was there studying and was able to be there and meet him four times in Rome. That was an act of mercy to receive the blessing of one of the greatest saints of our time, St. John Paul II, and to have him impart his blessing upon me. And hopefully that blessing is being imparted upon all of you. I ask God as you hear these words that his divine mercy pours out upon you in an abundance way, that the gates of divine mercy flood your soul and all those in your life that he takes away any fear, anxiety, worry, and fills you with mercy and trust. There is one vessel by which grace is received, Jesus says in Faustina, it is trust. Without trust, we cannot receive his grace and mercy. Jesus, I trust in you
1: amen and hallelujah thank you so much um father charbel for being with us and again father charbel is from saint michael's abbey in silverado california and they have a website and you can go visit it's like a destination place Their brand new abbey is the most beautiful place you can visit in orange county the holy ground what's going on there the prayers in this little canyon area it's just a highlight of someone's prayer life being there i can honestly say no know lots of souls are being saved just through all the reconciliations the masses thank you for joining us on spirit-filled radio and this was thy kingdom come with katie hughes and our special guest father charbel of saint michael's abbey in silverado king thank you and god bless
0: Listening to the Spirit Filled Radio Network. How can we encourage you? Words of inspiration from the founder and president of Spirit Filled Hearts Ministry. Deacon Steve Greco. When we ask the Blessed Mother to intercede for our families, our marriages, our children, our grandchildren, unbelievable things happen. For more great content, check out SpiritFilledRadio.org. SpiritFilled Radio is in partnership with the Roman Catholic Diocese of Orange in Southern California. SpiritFilledRadio.org. If you're enjoying these podcasts, Please consider supporting Spirit Filled Hearts Ministry with a one time or monthly gift. Spirit Filled Hearts Ministry is a 501c3 nonprofit organization. We are only funded by generous donors who believe in our mission to evangelize.